welcome back to Cool Gems. I'm Jelen, and trying to get used to introducing myself with every episode. And、um, thanks for joining me around this Pojang Matcha table, this virtual imaginary Pojang Matcha table, where we gather to talk about our favorite dramas or things that we are currently watching. I am currently watching The King Eternal Monarch, also known as Toking Yongwoni Kunju. And this is such a highly anticipated drama for obvious reasons. I mean, it stars Lee Min Ho, marking his return to TV series and the small screen, and he is the OG Korean oppa heartthrob. So that is really exciting. In my opinion, he is a legend. He pretty much ushered in a whole new era of male leads. It also stars Kim Go Eun, another big name actress、um, from Cheese in the Trap and Goblin, which I saw her last in, which I think was also her last drama because she took a break from the small screen to work on some movie projects. So this marks her return too. With them, we have the highly acclaimed writer Kim Eun Suk, who wrote such great hit dramas like Secret Garden. The heirs, Goblin, Descendants of the Sun, pretty much all her dramas have made it big. So a lot of people were looking forward to this collaboration between Lee Min Ho, Kim Go Eun, and Kim Eun Suk. But despite this, feedback hasn't been entirely positive. It was marked with some criticism and controversies, at least in Korea. But outside of Korea, it was a hit. So I thought I should check it out for myself and kind of see what I think of the drama. If I should continue watching it, if I like it, so I've seen the first two episodes now. So here we are, and here's your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the drama, don't listen to this unless you want it spoiled for you, because we are gonna be talking about the first two episodes. So go watch it and then come back, and we can talk about it. But if you have seen it, let's go. So these two episodes, particularly the first episode, was kind of. An establishment of this whole universe and the rules of this universe, or should I say, universes, because we are dealing with parallel universes here. The first, where Korea is a monarchy-ruled kingdom, where Lee Min Ho is from. I'm gonna call this world the kingdom for short because the world with the kingdom of Korea is a mouthful. So, <laughs> in the other universe. Korea is a democracy, and that is where Kim Go Eun's character is from. I'll be calling this world the Republic. We get introduced to some important themes, like the existence of the magic flute. This magic flute does the impossible, and in the first episode, we see that this flute is broken into two halves. One is with Lee Min Ho's character Lee Gon, the other is with the villain of the show, Lee Rim, who is also his uncle. His uncle killed his dad. Which is like taking this whole dysfunctional family thing to a whole new level, dude. <laughs> I mean, I knew family relationships could get messy. I mean, K dramas are full of them, but murder, wow. But this is something I don't get: that the king, that is Egon's father, didn't fight back. He just kind of like stood there, and Edom just went ahead and like ran that sword through him. I was like, "Come on, run away or something." I mean, I know that he had to die in that story, but I mean, don't just stand there. Run, try to live. 
That sword is also really interesting because we got a close-up of the inscription on the sword, which was about justice, using it for justice, to fight evil, I believe, which is a huge contrast to what it was actually used for, which was to fulfill Eden's greed. But we later see little Egon picking up the sword and just trying to get justice for his father. So I feel like the sword might be important later on. It might come back as a weapon for him to just regain control and to fight for justice. I mean, I don't know. It might not be important at all. So <laughs> we also get introduced to all the different characters and all the roles they play in this world. Imenho, our main character, is the king, Igon, and he assumes the role of a king at a really young age, which was something that was really surprising to me because don't they have like stand-ins until you're off age or something? I mean, you can't vote at that age. So how do you lead a country? I get the idea behind it though, that he took on this responsibility at a very young age. He didn't really have a childhood. He couldn't grow up as a normal kid. And this might have some emotional baggage later on in his life. But it was just a really interesting thing to me that nobody stood in for him. Like surely, surely someone else could have taken the role. But that's not really the point and we don't really see much of him ruling as this young king. It progresses and we see him in his present day self where he's this almost type character but with a twist like he is important and he knows it he knows everyone has to do what he says because I mean he is king things revolve around him and he knows that he has authority he knows that he is powerful and it translates into this almost puffed up kind of lofty cocky character that he has with a twist with a twist that's the important part he threatens beheading that poor attendant at the start of the episode who helped him with his clothes. He looked positively terrified. And I was initially really taken aback because it struck me as this very 2010 type of male character. Male characters back then were very domineering, very Cinderella type characters, the rich um, I'm better than you kind of character. Which is understandable because he is king, but because guy characters in dramas have recently taken this more softer, gentler turn, I was really surprised. But I quickly got to see that that's not his personality at all. It's like, instead of going with this characterization of this stereotype, they are actually poking fun at this old Korean drama trope. You know, there was that one scene right before he meets the Prime Minister um, at the ranch, was it? The horse? Uh, uh, what do you call that? I, I don't know. I don't own horses. But you know that one scene and he was kind of like confronting Yong, um, that is Udo Han's character. He was reprimanding him for the talismans. And that was what established my first impression of him as this very cold, cocky character. Because Yong's reaction there was to bow his head, and I thought I saw Yong flinching. I mean, I went back to look at it again, and I don't think he was actually flinching. He was just bowing his head, but I thought he was scared of Egon. 
But throughout the episode, you get to see that Igorn is never really serious about anything. He just kind of like mumble complains that people are being rude to him, um, but he never really follows through on actual threats. It's almost kind of playful in a way, and you can see it in the way people react to him. Yong is not bothered at all by his side remarks, and even though the people who serve him treat him with deference and respect, they are not scared of him. So that says something about his character. And then there was that other scene where Yong was trying to convince Egon to put on that bulletproof vest. I feel like that really revealed the real personality of Egon, like where he says rather affectionately to Yong, "You're not mad at me anymore. Wanna go for some beer?" That was when I saw that he wasn't this Cinderella type character. He's not cold at all. In fact, he seems like a very hot character. I don't mean appearance. I mean personality. He is kind of cocky, but it's in a very playful kind of way. And you see this especially in scenes with Cohen that is tailored. Episode one ends with this almost fairy tale-like setting. Egon looks almost like Prince Charming taken out of a fairy tale. You know, I said that before the drama said Prince Charming. I swear. So <laughs> I called that. But it's completely ridiculous if you think about it. Imagine seeing someone ride on a white horse in the middle of traffic, hugging a complete stranger. Well, technically, she isn't really a stranger. We saw that she somehow traveled into the past, into this other world, and saved his life. But she doesn't know that. And he goes on this spiel about how he has been looking for her and waiting for her for a long time. And if this were a fairy tale. She is supposed to fall in love with him right there and then, but then episode two comes around, and we open up in that scene, and she shoves him away, and <laughs> that was hilarious. It sets up this very nice balance between this fairy tale romance setting and the incredulity of the real world. It progresses. She takes him back to the station, and he still has this very cocky attitude. But at this point, it's obvious that they are poking fun at it because he is kind of overly pompous and overly dramatic, and she just doesn't care. She plays off him in a way where she reacts with just disbelief, and it just shows how ludicrous the whole situation is. And that is hilarious. Like when he said no one can touch him, she just strong-armed him into just putting his thumbprints onto that piece of paper、uh, for identification. At least I think it was a piece of paper. I don't really know, but the whole progression was just so funny, and it kind of set this ground for very interesting banter between these two characters because they are just so different. Taylor. Um, Cohen's character is spunky, is spirited. She's a very lively character. She is completely different from the quiet deference that the king is used to, and it's just such a good balance to Egon's character. One is pompous, one is sarcastic, and it's hilarious, and I love it. It's Gulchem. She is a character who confronts things head on. She um doesn't back down. She's willing to do even almost crazy things, 
Like that scene where she backs a cop into the criminal's car during the investigation, trying to get the criminal out of the house. You remember how she drove off after completing her task, only to reverse all the way back at high speed, just because she smelled something. And that was, that was insane. Think about it, that is insane. You wouldn't see that in reality, and it's crazy, but that makes it so much fun, you know? So I am really excited for her character, her banter with the other characters on the team, about her clothes. It shows that this drama is setting her up to be this quirky, unconventional character, and that's reflected in the way she deals with situations and her clothes. I grew up in the 21st century, so I love my strong female characters, but sometimes they can be portrayed as over the top, um, unreasonable and unnecessarily mean, but she's nothing like that. And I love that. She does things in a very logical manner. She is intelligent, she is very quick-witted, like that scene where she sticks that cotton swab into Egon's mouth when he was going on and on and on about parallel universes. She is obviously very competent at her job, she's sarcastic, wisecracking, and she's just all around such a fun character. With everyone so far, she seems to have a very entertaining dynamic, including Unsob and the rest of her team. And this is the case with Egon too. Like I said, they have this very great bickering, bantering type of relationship that is being set up right now, and I just love it because she just doesn't care, you know? She has this very defiant type of um, personality with her encounters with Egon. She has this very, what are you gonna do about it, kind of like defiance. I don't mean defiance in an inferior kind of way because I think with defiance, we often um, define it as someone from an inferior position standing up to someone of a superior position. And I think they are more of equals in this drama. But remember that one scene where he was like, don't tie your hair, and she does so anyways, while glaring at him and if looks could kill, he would be gone. He would just be disintegrated and turned into dust. And she was like, focus, won't you? And then she stands up and he flinches. That was so funny. <laughs> because when you think about it, he is king, and no one has ever treated him in this way before. So... The contrast between these two universes is what really drives home this interesting dynamic that they have. The drama also sets up this very interesting and fun dynamic between her and Unsob, which is this universe's young, with all the threats of death and <laughs> him dropping the phone, you know, in that one scene where he went to the hotel that... Egon was staying at because Egon called him over and promised to give him everything on his left hand, was it? All the shopping bags that he was carrying? Um, I don't think that was coherent at all. I hope you know what I'm talking about. We haven't really gotten to see her relationship with Unsob, but what little sneak peeks we have been seeing so far has been really fun, and I really want to see more of it. If she can interact with Yong, that would be fun too. You know what would be really fun? If Yong and Unsob could get together and just meet each other. They are so different. Yong is this very stoic character. 
He is no nonsense. If Egon is like the CEO table type character, then Yong is the secretary who would do anything for his boss. In that scene I was talking about earlier, where he was trying to get Egon to put on that bulletproof vest, and Egon was just refusing. Yong said something like, "His sense of duty will force him to give himself a warning." And he said that with a completely straight face, and he wasn't joking because we see Egon reply almost petulantly, saying something like, "You've made things awkward." And when Egon put his face right up to Yong's, Yong was just coolly saying like, "Don't do this," and then turning down the playful offer of beer. He's just such a cold character. I don't mean cold as in unsympathetic and insensitive. But he just has a lot of restraint. He's very withdrawn. He's very stiff, and he clearly cares about Egon a lot. That's why he is being so cold, which sets up this very vibrant and amusing dynamic between a hot character and a cold character. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this relationship on the screen more. But there is one thing, and that is the secretary type character always dies. Always, and I'm kind of scared that that will happen here, and I really hope it won't. But um, I don't know. Please, please, please don't, please don't do that. Just break that trend. Don't go with that. Let's just have a happy ending for everyone, right? <laughs> Insop, on the other hand, is so different. And kudos to Udohan because he is playing two very different characters with very different personalities, and he is doing it really well. Insop is a very comedic character; he is playful, eccentric, but he also seems very sweet and、um, goofy and wacky. And he has a completely different accent, Saturi. And the contrast between these two characters is so much fun. The girl who is taking photos of Yong at the start, I kind of wonder what would happen if she met Linsop. Would she like him? I think that would be really fun, and I hope we get to see that happen. But in general, I think I'm just really excited for Linsop and Yong's character because they are so different. So I really want to see what happens with him, and I think that would be really fun. The other side characters are also really fun, and. I'm really sold on all the different characters and personalities, and just the overall dynamic of these characters. And I honestly can't wait to see more. What about you? What do you like about the first two episodes? What are your thoughts on the characters? Let me know, and I'll see you next time.